We are being hypnotized by people like this. News readers, politicians, teachers, lecturers. We are in a country and in a world that is being run by unbelievably sick people. The chasm between what we're told is going on and what is really going on is absolutely... Oh yeah, dude. There's some Nephilim shit. It's like we all know what's going down, but no one's saying shit what happened to the home of the brave. Motherfuckers are controlling us now, and no one's talking about it, and it's not a big slaves. And everybody's just walking around, heading the clouds, and won't awaken to a dead in the grave. But then it's too late, we need to be ready to raise up. Welcome to the end of day. Everybody is slaves, only some are aware that the government releasing poison. Welcome back, Goyam and Infidels, to another episode of Neft to America. I am David Lee Corbo, a.k.a. The Raven. That's Top Lobster. We're wearing really dope shirts. Yeah, man. We don't sell these shirts, but this motherfucker's got a lobster shirt. I'm I'm envious. I want a, like a Raven Hawaiian shirt, dude. I really do. Yeah, I, listen, man. You can't. You just can't be me. You know what? This is your shit, and I just I feel like I put I put it no, on dude, and I completely just nailed it. I feel no, like I stole dude, it from you. Yeah, you know, you didn't steal it. You're just borrowing it. Listen, guys, before we get into today's guest, I just want to remind everyone that we are in the middle of another raffle. So uh, from now until March 5th, any purchase of Nephilim Death Squad merchandise from toplobster.com uh, is going to land you in a raffle to win uh, Purge Suddenly products. We have a three-pack of the uh, Purge Suddenly product that is to kill the worms and and then... Uh, afterwards shit the worms out uh and then we also have a pack of the digestimes uh and that's going to help you clean your gut biome up after you cause all kinds of havoc on all the parasites living in you with the three pack the triple pack of um purge parasite cleanse uh so if you go to toplopsa.com and you pick up any um nephilim death squad merch within the month of february all the way to may 5th you're going to be entered to win this awesome raffle and let's show off i love this friend's shirt that you did that one is really really cool and i think it's topical because we just had that dude that nobody gives a fuck about die um and then the guy from friends and then and then doja cat did that really weird uh demonic friends thing on her tiktok and so go and check this shirt out super dope love that i think i'm gonna pick that one up next actually any purchase is gonna enter you into the raffle and don't forget if you want to support the show you could also do so by going to patreon.com backslash nephilim death squad all right so let's bring in today's guest uh today's guest is actually tony uh tony roth <laughs> tony rothschild of the 9-11 is gay podcast tony you have a bunch of stuff going on too besides just the podcast can you tell the um audience a little bit about what you do and where they can find your work yeah, so before we get started, I just want to remind everyone that it's Black History Month, so let's all give a round of applause for mm. the Blacks. It's an incredible mm -hmm. shirt. Can you show that shirt? I hope you have merch, dude. Uh, yeah, well, I'm just showing solidarity for uh, right. the folks of February, as I call them. And um, also, <laughs> Kanye, uh, we knew from the Hebrews to Negroes thing, taught us that Blacks are... The real Israelites. So let's give a hand for the Jews too, because it's also their month. I unironically believe that. I've I've put so much thought into like, are the Jews really 
the Jews and then the black people like, oh, they stole it. But I'm like, black people are always stealing. But I, for, for like maybe, I don't know, six months, I was like really considering. I'm like, it's quite possible that they are the chosen people, but it would just annoy me. I don't know which one would annoy me more, like the Jews being the chosen people or blacks being the chosen Let's people. Let's just choose I think them the, both. Well, the poetry yeah. of it is like the the Jews are wielding the blacks like a cudgel. And it's like, what if the whole time they're 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 walloping the white community with this cudgel? It's like, surprise, the cudgel is the real Jews. And you go, oh, my God, they've been beating us with Jews this whole well, time. He's right. They're acting as one. If we could just mix that together, they are acting as one. One's the hammer and one is the hand. Right. And that's the thing. Or one's the sickle. One's the hand. I, don't know, <laughs> I was just going to say one's the sickle. <laughs> that's incredible, man. Yeah, I like that. So we're so it's their month now, too. Of course. That's what the documentary said. Can you guys hear about Hebrews to Negroes? No, I didn't see that one. You didn't? Remember the whole Kanye <laughs> thing? Think that was that's a thing, yeah. That's that a thing right now. Like last year? Yeah, that was a document. There was a, wait up. There yes. was a documentary on it. I'm actually surprised uh -huh. you haven't seen this well, documentary. This is like right up your alley. Yeah. Oh, God. It's a documentary called Hebrews to Negroes explaining how. Um, Blacks are the true Israelites. Is this what Kyrie Irving got in trouble for? Yes, exactly. Oh, okay. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. See, I, I didn't watch it, though. I don't have BET, so I, could, <laughs> I couldn't find <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, shit, man. Yeah. Well, if you have so, JET, so, so, Jew Entertainment, you could watch it on there, too. That's just that's all the just channels. All, <laughs> that's all entertainment. What are you talking about, dude? Uh, so, so, Tony, um, you host this show, 9-11 is Gay. Mm. Terrific name, by the way, comes out of left field in a very powerful way. And one of the big things that caught, I would say, Twitter's attention overall was this interview that you did with a gentleman who claims to have inside information mm. as he's part of the community regarding the development and the function of these underground Jew tunnels. Can you, um, why is he so qualified to speak? What was it? What, what capacity did he serve the Jews in? And what tunnel did you find him in? Which one specifically? <laughs> Brooklyn, Queens? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, the brief, uh, backstory is we do our show, um, out of New York. And as we know, the Jew tunnels were in Brooklyn. So I'm right down the road, essentially, uh, relatively speaking from, the infamous Jew tunnels. And um, during that whole thing a few weeks ago when it was really popular in the news, I saw um, on News 12 this uh, gentleman giving an interview and they had his name up there on screen. So I did uh, Googling and researching and uh, I invited him to come on the show and he was a member of that famous synagogue with the tunnels for i think he said around like 20 years you know so, what's incredible about that is right mm. now in our chat conspiracy extremists is one of these uh non-believers i actually did see him tweet at you and because look it was your i have to i have to try to explain the way the community and by the community i mean like just you know, high-level autists on Twitter received your show. It was almost jarring 
to be on the receiving end of 9-11 is gay. To have this drop on the internet and to suddenly be subjected to it in a world where you don't know what's up and what's down, what's real and what's not, this this uh, well-produced show, uh, a very handsome show, you've decorated mm. your set very nicely, and you've got on this very intriguing guest in the realm of conspiracy, so many of us are, we're like prime, dude. We're ready to go. That's not true. There's no way in hell that this guy's real. But I did have, I, I like to think I have an ear for when someone's being genuine. The man seemed very genuine. Now, Tony, you would say mm. he seemed very genuine because it is very genuine. This is real. But you yeah, have to well, understand for the audience, it may be a little bit hard to believe. Yeah, well, he sat right next to me over here, and uh, I could tell you he was certainly genuine. Um, you mentioned the show looking good, uh, even though we're very new. We only have a few episodes. Uh, that's because we're actually funded by Mossad. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. So, no, I, yeah, uh, I've heard. Yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah, I'm unemployed, so I don't really have a budget. Um, but they fund us, which I think kind of in turn i want to thank you two for funding the show because your tax dollars go to Mossad, so you're inadvertently <laughs> paying for the show and i really want to thank you for that um so yeah you're saying we kind of came on the scene out of nowhere which is sort of true we have a cartoon show called there goes a neighborhood which has been out for like six years or so um but it never really went anywhere we're still making it so I said, how could we um, also make no money? And then I said, a podcast. Uh, and soon we'll probably be starting a rock band um, <laughs> and have cover all of our bases on making uh, no money. So <laughs> what was your question? He was genuine. It's, he was genuine. It's very interesting because I feel like so the audience that doesn't believe, because now there's a conspiracy mm. within a conspiracy about your show. Mm. The audience that doesn't believe you, they're completely blue-pilled. Because they don't see a Fed op when it's right in Which front of them. Which blue pill, Viagra? Th yes, they're they're mm. sitting there with their hard dicks, jerking off, trying to figure out what's what when it's clearly real. Guys, the, they're paid by Mossad as like a disinformation agent, but then as a as a post information agent, mm. as a real information agent. I don't know what's going on. There's layers it's to been, this, but I'm exactly. my agents. understanding. It's been my understanding that um, ever since the island fell apart, um, Mossad has been looking. Because that was kind of their their bread and butter, right? It's like you don't really have a better operation than that. But I think um, Mossad has come around recently to see how promising and influential podcasting is. And so they went, it may not be what the island was yet, but we can get there by just kind of keeping this ball rolling. And I, I think... Honestly, from the outside looking in, it was an intelligent investment on behalf of Mossad. It's cool to see people recognize podcasting for, for what it really is. You know, there's been a lot of resistance all these years. Um, people said it would go nowhere. And now it's it's a fundamental part of a, of sort of government disinformation uh, program. So it's nice to see. So was Mossad able to hook you up with this uh, rabbi that came in and you spoke to him? No, it wasn't that complicated. I saw, I, I saw him on the news, and then I just started looking up his... Uh, I tried finding him because I really wanted to interview him. Um, a lot of what we do is interview folks who often aren't interviewed. And I never saw a podcast talk about the Jew tunnels or actually talk to someone from the Jew tunnels, so I really tried hard to seek out uh, someone 
that was actually in them himself, and he was, and that's how we got all that info. I don't know if you guys want to cover any of that stuff we talked about, that whoever yeah, hasn't seen know, it yet. I want to know about him. Like, uh, does he get excommunicated from the from the, the synagogue for talking to a goy? Are you a goyim, I assume? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I am. I think a lot of folks were confused because I was wearing a shirt during the interview that said true Jew. And I saw a lot of uh, hateful <laughs> so slander thrown my way of folks saying, oh my God, look at this. I can't even say what they said. But they thought I was actually Jewish. But no, that was kind of similar. I was showing solidarity with the J community, similar to what I'm doing now with uh, Black History Month. I'm not black. Which is no just... Redundant, no really confused that you're black. <laughs> like, what if, yeah. was he was he taken aback by the shirt? Um, no, he thought it was flattering. I think. <laughs> so, so what? It's polite. Right, this guy. I was trying to be polite. It, it is polite. I think it was a, a nice gesture. Now, <clears throat> this guy, he's kind of um. Maybe it's not from his point of view, but I imagine it's a risk, like Top said, right? It's like, does he get excommunicated? Is he in trouble? So. He takes this chance and he comes and sits down in studio with you and where previously you had you were regarded um, by the media as a sort of conspiracy theorist. Right. For suggesting um, for suggesting that that anything out of the norm was going on, except for just people trying to avoid, um, you know, getting the proper permits for construction and also trying to avoid covid restrictions. Anything beyond that was seen as like overt you know, conspiracy theory and delusion and anti-Semitism as well. Right. That was kind of the big one at the first and foremost. Mm. Um, and so when this guy comes on in, it, in my opinion, it felt like he took the air right out of that narrative, right out of this idea that there was anything anti-Semite uh, about the speculation, because he confirmed a lot of what people you know, that's why I. You know what? I before you respond to this, I just got to say that's also why people Ask the found question, this. David, you're not going to sit there. And <laughs> I'm fall sorry. While this, this motherfucker <laughs> eats a bagel. <laughs> you're really now, beating around the bush. This fucking guy two seconds ago asking, was, was he was thumbing <laughs> a, a fucking yamaka. Did you see him thumbing the yamaka? <laughs> he was that. thumbing the yamaka. Like Unbelievable. Who, me or David? You, yeah, I saw. No, I saw you. I saw you thumbing a yamaka. Damn it. Tony Rothschild coming on our show and thumbing a yarmulke around. When when this guy says these things, um, were you taken aback by how, how casually he was willing to admit, like, yeah, dude, it's fucking blood. We Sometimes we, we cut a little hole in people and we let them leak out. They're not alive anymore, but, you know. Well, first of all, let's show him some respect and not call him this guy. <laughs> this guy, David sorry. Saltzman from the Jew Tunnels. The whole thing. Saltzman. <laughs> so you're saying... Um, what about the blood ritual? I'm saying, were you as taken aback as like some of the mm. in that moment? You don't know what this guy's going to say unless you screened him beforehand. He's just telling mm. you in the presence of, you know, your your wonderful decor and your co-host that, yeah, sometimes we we open people up. A little bit of blood comes out. It's, you know, Meshuggah, no big deal. So like is my co-host part that, of the lovely decor. Uh, oh, she yeah. seems like a nice person. She looks like um, what's oh, her name hot? from? No, I didn't say all that. Please, sir, oh, she's calm ugly? down. What are you saying? No, 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 guys, please. Be specific, Relax. David. I'm trying to be specific. I'm taken aback as well by the, the thumbing of the yarmulke, the drinking of the adrenochrome, the, the the eating of the bagel. This David, is all a lot. we're talking about Giselle right now. She's a very nice lady. Were you right. objectifying her Giselle's as like a great. modern houseplant? 
No, no, not like a modern house plant. Um, although she did seem stoned. Was she high? She seemed very high. Um, no, not that I know of. Neither can how, how is she acting tonight? Uh, it's hard to say. She just wasn't as engaged as I feel like if you sat that man in front of me, I would be I'd be visceral. Like these reactions would be you'd see them. And you guys just have this air about you where you go. Hmm. Yes. Well, okay. I was relieved to, about a lot. Like what you were asking was why was I thrown off when he was talking about the um, the mattress ritual? I, for one, was relieved because there's a lot of way worse uh, conspiracy theories flying around. <laughs> and we've heard all about those. And I was relieved it wasn't that. I, I thought he was going to admit to those things, which I'm sure everyone right. listening knows what I'm referring to. Right. You know, that's I did ask the question initially. I said. <laughs> what's more what is what's better for the for like the Jewish tunnel if if they were trafficking children and then sacrificing them to Moloch or if they're doing Egyptian death rituals and it's like yeah clearly the Egypt, Egyptian death rituals are like preferable mm-hmm. but by yeah. how much um by a lot because they're trying to bring back the messiah to 10, on though. earth well I'm sorry like a percentage wise Thirty-five percent more preferable. Uh, three hundred percent. Because maybe six million. Well, for the folks that haven't seen the interview yet, if do we want to talk? Do you have a clip? Do we want to talk about what happened? It's up to you guys. Uh, I don't want to. Yeah, let's talk about it because I don't. All right. So, so what he said. Everyone knows about the famous bloody mattress photo from the tunnels, correct? That was one of the faint. That was one of the most popular images going viral on the internet surrounding the Jew tunnels, um, and a lot of people, as you mentioned, were talking about trafficking, which is what I was afraid of what it could have been. But David Saltzman cleared it up, and it's actually not trafficking. What they're doing is, when there's a sickly member of the synagogue who is um, about to meet his maker. They bring them down into the tunnels into a sacred zone, lay them down on the mattress. Then they do a Egyptian uh, Book of the Dead reading and ritual that he didn't really get into too much detail of uh, what that consists of. But once they die, um, they make an incision on the chest, I think. I'm not sure exactly where he said. He was being a little uh, flighty during that part. But they make an incision to bring back the Messiah onto Earth to now inhabit the dead body. Why and do you think to he's me, being that's good because can't we use a Messiah on Earth right about now with all this crazy stuff going on in the world? Right. Yeah, I don't think you want that one. Um, why do you think he was being Wait, flighty about those those specific details? Um, good question. It could be because the ritual is so complex that maybe we couldn't really uh interpret what was going on or maybe it was just too lengthy of a discussion the important thing is he was trying to bring back the messiah and that the stain was merely blood (laughs) so okay there's i i have a tendency to jump to conclusions when Mm. i hear a man who says we are willing to take a recently deceased member of the the synagogue Hmm. to these tunnels, um, cut open their chest and try to usher in their Messiah. I imagine that like in any group, 
some people are much more passionate than others. And then I like to imagine, and I do like to imagine, that some of these members might be so passionate that they simply don't want to wait around for someone to expire. Now, I'm not saying that anyone would murder anybody in cold blood. That's crazy, right? But maybe some of these members might have a vested interest in this process being expedited. Okay. Don't you think that that's hmm. not a stretch? No, it's not a stretch. In fact, I'll use an analogy. Um, remember when you were a kid on Christmas Eve waiting for that wonderful Christmas morning coming up, and then you finally wake up after tossing and turning in bed all night, not able to sleep. You wake up Christmas Day, you're darting down to that Christmas tree to see what Santa got you. So, well, let's equate that to the Messiah ritual. If you were in a tunnel about to bring back the Messiah to Earth, wouldn't you be really excited to have this happen? Wouldn't you be running down those tunnel stairs just like you were as a jolly little innocent kid running down the stairs on Christmas morning? Hmm. You know, you might also, and I and I do agree with that. I, I would say that's a natural thing. Christmas is probably underwhelming in the in comparison to like the return of your Messiah. Yeah, but right? as a kid, you'd rather have a new Buzz Lightyear. Uh, a toy than uh, have like than have a messiah come back to earth because we always took religion class it was like, boring we like to play mm. with toys and it's they such see a bad it's a bad analogy using Christmas as well for the messiah of I'm real I'm just there's so many layers of <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is it's a terrible analogy so it's the worst mm. one you could make it's the worst it's one it's not it's not a great one um all right let me so, think of another one hold on. Okay, go no, ahead. No, you can ask your next question. Uh, well, I don't necessarily know that I have. I'm just so caught up on, on the Christmas aspect of things. But don't you think that the buck doesn't stop there, though? Like, if, let's say Frank, who dies of natural causes, Frank's, he's old. He's 73 years old, and, and he's expired recently. And we're going to lug him down, and we're going to do the thing that we usually do. We're going to cut open his chest, and it's... It's probably not going to amount to anything because not only has it not before, but what Messiah wants a 73-year-old body. I'm just trying to put myself in their shoes. So I might go, you know why he's not coming? Because he doesn't want an emphysemic mm. old Jew. He wants a youthful and exuberant Jew. So you're and saying so they should kill younger kids and bring them down into the tunnels. I'm not saying they should. Oh, uh, I'm just saying it would make more sense. True. It would make more sense. You're right. That's a good point. I wish I thought of that during the interview. Yeah, you should call him. I could like, text him. <laughs> hey, you guys are doing this wrong. <laughs> Haven't yeah. you thought about using young flesh? What are we doing mm. with this old flesh? I don't I don't think that's what the Messiah wants. Yeah. yeah and if they, they do revive him, he kind of then he comes back in this in this body. He's alive for another three years. Like, that's not nearly enough probably get a lot done i mean a presidency is like four years so he's kind of like doing a half a term as president of earth what's the what's the there's some notion that their messiah already may be around and that was interesting to me because when you said that you had this discussion where it goes well 
some people actually do believe that their Messiah came back, right? And mm-hmm. you go, okay. And he goes, yeah, this is possible. Which was interesting to me because it's like, well, why not investigate and stop cutting open the chests of cadavers? Well, from what I understand, there's a lot of contention in that specific synagogue um, where the tunnels were under. Uh, from my research, he didn't really get into this during our interview, but this was just what I read while I was researching for the interview, was where half of that synagogue thinks that the rabbi Schneerson is still alive, um, and then the other half thinks he isn't. So I think even within their own sects, they um, have this point of contention. I don't know if he is or not, but they're trying to bring him back. The ones that are doing the rituals, I think, don't believe he's back, and they're trying to bring him back. So, yep, typical Jew stuff. They can't agree on anything. We actually have a couple of super chats here. Titty nice. Puzzy on Rumble says, uh, TK in the hizzy. <laughs> Wait, who? Who says what? The name is Titty Puzzy. I don't know. And I, I, I don't even know what this means. But uh, TK in the hizzy, Mr. Gravy Sup, just the Infowar gang gang up in here. I expect good things from you. There goes the neighborhood or I'm unsubbing from the Patreon and suing for a full re- full refund. I don't know what the fuck any of that really means. I think that was I, a I, threat. He's threatening, so sure. <laughs> so uh, he's, set, he's threatening to me. sue. He's threatening to sue. I think it's you, and he's also threatening to withdraw his uh, his Patreon money. So um, well, did he I see my surname? Do you really yeah. want to sue someone of this name? Also, do you think money's a problem? I have some cousins I can get on the horn. Real they quick. dropped another super chat that says reparations for the pox hosting. I don't know what this person is saying or why is that the same person money? the same person yeah i don't know what that so means. thanks for giving us money i guess but i'm very this is confused. your fan base tony that's who these people are they're they're coming for us they're acting very aggressive while paying us and yeah. they're coming from your neck and they want to sue so. me that that's the fans we have they want to sue uh sue me answer the oh, question no, that's, you uh, <laughs> what was that that's that's one on one uh, shout out Juan. He wants to know if I am a woman. Um, you're going to have to super chat that one in order to get the answer to that. Uh, so I want to know a little bit, and, I, and I'm sorry if this is a premature dismounting from this, um, this Jewish debacle, uh, where they certainly are searching for younger and younger candidates to bring in the Messiah. And they're also not waiting until death, uh, to, you know, put large incisions in the chest. Uh, and it's good to know that the, the, the mattresses were blood. But I got to know, mm-hmm. you're, you're doing this this um, cartoon series, right? Uh-huh. There goes the neighborhood. Can you tell me, what is the nature of this? What 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 is the nature of the content? Is it similar to the podcast content? Um, I don't know. It's hard to equate the two because the podcast, we interview uh, real people. The cartoon, of course, is a fictional... Um, uh, atmosphere, but we do cover a lot of political topics. So it is similar in that regard. Um, yeah, I don't know. Have you guys seen any of it yet? I'm not sure. Yeah, I've seen, I've, I've watched a couple of your shows and I watched some of your, uh, your cartoon, cartoon clips as well. Yeah. Funny stuff. It's just, it, for me, it's hard to, uh, balance the juxtaposition of comedy and then very serious journalism but I really mm. I like what you're doing with the page. It's it's definitely something unique because you don't get that that much. Yeah. Well, 
Yeah. So we do fictional cartoon, then yeah, like the real journalism of the podcast. I guess it probably comes down to me having a creative side and then a very educated side. I have a GED. So I wanted to make sure that I really uh, flex that educated muscle of graduating uh, high school to Mm. do real journalism. Which is important because otherwise it'll atrophy. Yeah. You got to use that. That's what I'm afraid of. We're appreciative of it. Um, I was watching one of your other videos that I kind of wanted to pick your brain on here. Uh And you had a guy from the CIA on. um, Uh I I forget his name. Also sounded kind of Jewish. But uh, he was talking about um, the CIA basically importing, importing twerking into America to destroy the culture. So could you just like... Yeah, tell us about that. So he was talking about um, how the CIA during Operation, uh, what was that, Restore Hope, I think. I forget the year, but uh, he's now retired CIA agent Bill Brennan, which I think is Irish. I don't think he's Jewish, uh, unfortunately, um, because I like to support uh, the Israeli people every chance I get. Um, so Bill Brennan, the retired CIA agent, was talking about how the CIA went to Somalia and they were trying to uh, overthrow their culture. As we know, the CIA, that's part of their mission, is they do operations abroad where they try overthrowing a government um, via cultural terrorism. And one of their things they did in Somalia uh, was invent and introduce twerking into that society. Uh, And when I asked him why, he described it was because the Somali women in particular, I guess some of the Somali men also, uh, but he was talking about their large posterior is the terms he used. So twerking was kind of tailor-made for them because, as we know, Somali and uh, folks from the African region do have that exuberance uh rear ends which we which is very coveted in today's society and that's a very new thing in the u.s because that's only been recently introduced uh the ass man uh trope and i think it's because they introduced it twerking initially in somalia which focused on the rear ends and then they brought it to the u.s and that's why it's everywhere now with the uh, WAP, WAP, what's that uh, song called? The, but, the uh, WAP. I was at a yeah. fucking park the other day. No, this is a couple months ago with my son. My son's only eight years old. And there are, it was, I was, I didn't know what to do. I was mortified. There's like, I don't know, anywhere from like 11 to 13 year old girls. And they've, they've set their phone up and they're twerking uh, to the, the WAP song. But. And, it, you know, that's just like dystopian nightmare shit. Mm-hmm. I was seeing on Twitter recently these clips going around of Ice Cube. <clears throat> Excuse me. And Ice Cube is going off about how the CIA um, created gangster rap in order to be a detriment to the black community, mm. which is something that a lot of people have speculated for a long time. In fact, the story sort of goes that when the prison industrial complex started to receive federal funding for the number of inmates they had in their prisons, 
they would then take some of that funding and go to heads of the music industry, Jews. They would go to the Jews and they would say, hey, um, I will give you a percentage of this federal kickback if you help us essentially to create music that is going to affect the culture in such a way as to land uh, more male African-Americans in prison. Mm. Right. So when I hear what you just said, which is kind of insane that I would have thought I, I, I wouldn't have gone that far as to say, yeah, twerking came from Somalia or where the fuck ever. But um, I, I probably would have stopped right there and been like, but it was like a thing that they were already doing. I had no idea that the CIA went to fucking Somalia and was like, yeah, you're going to want to, you're going to want to shake your ass and that's going to be really good for everybody. And they were like, mm. thank you. And then they, you know, they, they kind of took it and they made it their own. Oh, is this a video of, of, <laughs> yeah, it's not a this video, is kind but of, this this, is, it's the same this, energy. It's confirming what we're saying. Like, you know, this is a guy that started the drug war or at least mm. wrote it. So, I mean, there's a concerted effort by white men in America to take down the black society, just like we drew it up. He was yeah. watching the fucking, I guess he was watching the halftime show and he's like, look at these fucking crackheads. He's just looking like at fucking Ice Spice doing all kinds of satanic gestures and whispering uh, witchcraft. And he's like, that's it. That's just like we planned it. But uh -huh. I just thought that was amazing because I didn't think that, um, you know, it's just another thing. The CIA does seem to have a vested interest in like destroying the black community. Yeah, so it's interesting because um, you mentioned how was it Ice T or Ice Cube? You said went to a Ice Cube, Ice Cube to a, a Jewish producer for um, essentially what it was was that the heads of the I guess the owners of these prisons were going around to the heads of uh, various mm. record labels, and Which so it's you're my saying are, are of Israeli descent. Uh huh. Um, yeah, speculatively, but yes. Yeah, well, it, it makes sense, and there's evidence of it now today because, as we know, with uh, Ben Shapiro's new rap song, is that Jews are actually the best at rap. I, uh, I, I would agree with that, yeah. So it makes sense. I think he's, he's established that. And that should be applauded. I like, I uh, wasn't, um, there's other, Beastie Boys. They weren't the Beastie Goys. They were Jewish as well. Wow. And they, they were great it. at rap. So I, I think actually do have I have a theory that uh, the Jews did kind of invent rap and then black mm. people kind of did it better. And then the Jews now have just been uh, attacking them relentlessly for stealing their craft. And this has mm. probably been the issue. Like maybe the Germans in 1934 were really good rhymers like Dr. Seuss. They could rhyme words really, really well. Mm -hmm. Then the Jews are like, nah, got to subvert their society. And then eventually it turns into, you know, yada, yada, rinse and repeat. And then we're back where we are now. I see something that you're right about. There's there's like a cultural tug of war between the Jews and the blacks. One of the things that really tells me that that's true is have you ever seen when the Jews get together in a big circle and they start dancing? And there's a lot of overlap in the way it's very like footwork based, like it's heavy footwork based. It's a lot of like looking down and like doing a bunch of it's like it's almost like the Jews invented like the crip walk or like the heel toe. Like that seems like something if you go to a Jew party, like a Hasidic Jew party and you look at their dancing and then you go to like an African-American party and you look at their dancing outside of the twerking, 
which we now know was a CIA infiltration, there's mm. a lot of overlap. And I think that I think you might be right. It's like behind the culture is actually the Jews. And then the black people kind of keep going, but I could do it better. And then they take it and they do, they do it better. And now, and, and, and so I think that probably is at, at the minimum a point of contention. Yeah. It seems like they are struggling. I mean, even in the thing we mentioned earlier, the Hebrews, the Negroes, they're now, they're even fighting over who's the real Jews, but it kind of did seem like the uh, African community took rap back and maybe did it better. But can we just give a round of applause for the Jews for everything they are doing? I mean, they invented rap. They invented this uh, complex tunnel system. Uh, mm. They invented currency, uh, Hollywood. Usury. Um, huh? A usury. Yeah, big one. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they invented all these things. That's pretty impressive. Do, do black people invent things? And then I, I'm not saying this. I'm just trying to search my mind um, because it does seem like Jewish inventions are at the ready, the forefront of our brains. What do black people invent? What have what have um, soul food? Um, someone just said they invented oh, porn. Is that true? The no, Jews, the Jews, the, 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 yeah, the Jews okay. invented porn. Yeah, well, that's black people. They didn't even mm. invent uh, reggae. Mattis Yahoo did this. So in the Rumble chat, they're reminding us that yes, Mattis Yahoo did it first. Mattis Yahoo, yeah. And then you've had and he like, did it well. Know, Bob Marley come after him, and and then it, he does it better. But it's like you know, Jimi Hendrix did it first, and then someone comes after him, and then they kind of like now you've got Jimi Hendrix chops plus everything else. It's not it's not a fair comparison. You know, the mm. the Jews are just burning the trail, and the blacks are fucking stealing and dancing all over. It's it's. It's a Which is easy because it, it, you know, it's already been blazed by the Jews. They've already taken care of the hard work. Yeah, it, it is. It's a little sad to see. I just wish we had more recognition as to, you know, who carved the way. Yeah. Um, before we go any further, um, I just got to let you guys know that every public appearance I make is technically a sponsored event. So I'm legally obligated to... Um, do an ad read from one of my sponsors wherever I go. So if we just have 30 seconds, I just got to read sure, an no, ad from, uh, one, from one of my sponsors. So one of my sponsors today is, of course, uh, Masad. Hmm. So if I could just read this. Um, Our team at Masad are the ultimate masters of illusion and secrecy. We perfected the art of the disappearing acts, such as on 9-11 when we made the Twin Towers vanish right before your eyes. Call us David Copperfeld. But now, we're here to showcase our latest mind-bending trick, witness as we make Palestine vanish into thin air, leaving everyone in awe and disbelief. Prepare to be amazed and join Massad on an unforgettable journey into the realm of wonder and illusion. Get your tickets now at www.massad.us.gov. Thank you. Do Thank we you. have a, a date on that? And is there maybe like a promo code or how's that work? Yeah. yeah. First off, uh, what were they selling? I'm not sure what you're selling there, but if it was there kind is of a, a live code. show where they're going to make Palestine disappear. Um, <laughs> Right. Yeah, I don't Do think we know when that is. 
It's kind of a promo. It's, there's no solid date yet, but uh, it's taking place uh, in the Gaza region. Um, but yeah, I'll keep you guys posted when that's actually happening. But tickets, that's there's great. a pre-sale on Masad.us.gov. Yeah, guys, go there, support them. Um, this is a great, you know, he, he's running a great show. We want to make sure that he still gets paid to mm. do what he does. So go to that website, uh, subscribe. I'm sure it's going to be a blast, right? So just fucking head out. There. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. Big said a uh, promo code, promo code Rothschild. Was that the. Yeah, that's that's one of them. That's a pre-sale code. Um, but Very I'll exciting. keep you guys posted on future uh, updates on that. Do we want to talk about some of uh-huh. We want to do more live events too. Like we're trying to do some live stuff. So mm. put us in contact with your sponsors. Like if they're into mm. that live business stuff, we want to do stuff that's mm. really cool. Like I want to have like a lot of flags at this event, like people waving flags, maybe some false flags, but shit like that. You know, no pun intended. Mm. Um, yeah. So just yeah, hook us up afterward. Talk talk with us after the show. Thanks. Yeah, of course. That'd be great. That'd so be do we great. want to get into any of? I know kind of. Um, the main reason Brian was talk about the uh, the interview with the tunnel Jew gentleman. Uh, do we want to talk about any of the specifics about some of the reasons why he said the tunnel existed? Because we alluded to some things. We talked about the mattress, but there were other things he talked about, which I think are really awesome. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. I'd, I'd be interested in hearing in you know whatever it is that you found uh, compelling. Uh-huh. So the first reason he brought up was um, that they actually use the tunnels as a spy system to keep the city of New York safe. And what they do is they listen in on people's walls through the tunnels to listen for like terrorist or criminal activity. And, um, and then he said they report them to either the authorities or Mossad or like, or anyone to keep really keep us safe. So to me, I thought that was another relief because I have friends that live in the city and keeping them safe from crime via spying through people's walls and floorboards, I thought was really, I, I had to thank him after that. for his I, Honestly, I think that's great because New York City, sometimes you get lost in like how massive it actually is. And you can kind of, if you're mm. not there all the time, um, you might take it for granted. When you get there and you're in New York City, you realize there's no way that anybody could keep all these people safe. So I, I'm mm-hmm. very much into an all hands on deck or like um, vigilantism is not a great word for it, but but much more of a community watch system. So it's good they're to like, know that. Yeah, they're just like Batman. Like that's what mm, Batman right. does in that mm-hmm. movie. I mean, besides like killing all the dogs, like he would throw dogs off of a rooftop for no reason. But uh, yeah, the, like that system, there was a uh, I think it was a Joker movie where he, he had, like, all these screens and he was, like, looking at everyone's shit, however he was looking mm. at it, it makes me yeah. feel safe, like, profoundly safe. And to know that a guy with a big, crazy hat is doing mm-hmm. that for me, when I, at least when I was living in New York, that's, like, a, it's a sense of relief for me and my kids. Hmm. Right, because you too. could walk around there and feel like no one's got your back. Yeah, well, crime's at an all-time high in Manhattan. It's a real hellhole now. So it's good to know that there are people in a hole uh, keeping us safe from the hellhole above. <laughs> there's levels. There's levels to this game, man. You know, uh-huh. I actually heard, I don't know if you could substantiate this, but uh, those like raccoon hats, the big ones that they wear, mm. I always thought it was kind of like silly. But uh, I was told recently that they wear that in the tunnels because there is low clearance 
in some mm-hmm. of the places and mm-hmm. I guess they were like skin in their heads because it's not some of these tunnels are not as well built and like fleshed out as the other ones because they're new they're they're constantly expanding their territory yeah. um did he mention anything about that no he didn't but that does make a lot of sense and I could actually see that uh being a hindrance to them I've noticed a lot of uh, the chosen people are often kind of balding. So scraping skin on a tunnel wall would hurt even more than someone with a whole head of hair like us. So it's yeah, the big hats that they wear would certainly be like a hard hat protection system. Yeah. Even the small hats, I guess the small hats is like, you know, yeah. um, they, they don't, they don't want to wear the big hat. Like, cause I used to do construction and sometimes I would just, you know, take the helmet off and put like a hat on. So it's like better than something. They'll, it's like mm. a little, they're, they're cutting themselves. They're protecting themselves from minor scrapes. But the mm. big stuff is for like, you know, the really rocky territory. I yeah. think it's you wear the big ones until you get used to it and then you can downgrade to the little ones. But it's it just speaks to sort of, you know, human ingenuity. It's like we look around and we emulate nature in so many ways, but we do it in a technological way. And it's like, well, what do you have in the tunnels? You have, you know, rats and raccoons and they're furry little critters and they're navigating the tunnels. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. why why go against uh, nature? Which is already an excellent kind of a perfect system. And you know, you know. Yeah. I mean, we kind of like we advanced evolution. Yeah. So we, we were just touching on like how people steal from the Jews constantly, and right. uh, like I'm I'm just thinking about COVID because I lived in New York during COVID, mm. and all people wanted to do was like our first responders with the nurses and and like clapping and all this shit, mm-hmm. and the nurses were just dancing. They were doing fucking TikTok dances, but yeah. these guys were in the tunnels, mm. like listening. And they had to, they were probably at full force listening. And it's dangerous down there, man. I don't know if you guys realize this. It's like some of these spots are not well lit. Like mm. they're bumping heads, you know, and all throughout COVID, they fucking, they had our back. Yeah. Giselle actually brought up in the interview and she said it looked very dangerous down there. And uh, to me, it kind of did. But David Saltzman said it really wasn't as dangerous as it looks. And it's actually kind of like uh, exotic and advanced down there there was actually um something he told me when i talked to him on the phone prior to coming on the interview that he didn't really expand upon very much in the uh interview that we released uh if you i don't want to tell any tales at his school but if you guys want i could get into some of the thing that he told me off screen as long as as long as you're going to be uh as long as you're going to be safe. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't want to risk anything like your future connections mm. or possibly sell, you know, you getting harmed. But yeah, whatever you feel comfortable, go ahead. Yeah, well, um, I think it's okay because uh, he did tell me. He just didn't cover it in the interview, and I was trying to kind of get him to talk about it on, uh, on screen for the interview. Um, but he seemed a little more coy uh, once the cameras were actually on. Um but I'll get into a little of it. I, I, I don't know a lot about it. He just briefly told me about it on the phone, but I found it really interesting, but he didn't really cover it. So um, there was part of the interview when we were talking about the reasons why the tunnels exist, and we just mentioned the spying thing. There's another reason, the GCT, which I also want to get on uh, into before we wrap up. Um, but very quickly, then afterwards, he was talking about, he actually gave us a visual tour under the tunnel Um if you guys recall, there was a video of, a, I think, one of the police officers filming under the tunnel. And uh, David, on the interview with us, was kind of pointing out things underground. 
And when I asked him how expansive are the tunnels, how many folks can you fit under there, he was being a little, um, again, shy about uh, the size and breadth of them. But off camera, we did talk a little bit more, and he was saying they have like a whole underground civilization. And they're actually a lot bigger than we think. And another thing he brought up, they're not just in Brooklyn, they're also on the West Coast, uh, in like LA, Hollywood, they're down uh, Southmore in Florida, um, really upstate New York, where there's the Borscht Belt, which is a big Jewish community. But he's saying they actually kind of live oftentimes in this underground civilization. It's not really just a tunnel to get from point A to point B. It's a place to live. Because as he explained, Jews, as we know, throughout history are some of the most persecuted people uh, in history. And now with all the turmoil in the Middle East, they could get kicked out of their own country. And the only place they feel safe now is underground. So that's why they're actually building an entire underground civilization. And like one of the commenters just said, uh, inner earth, hollow earth theory. I know there's a lot of theories on hollow earth, I think Hollow Earth could be this underground Jewish civilization that he was talking about. I don't know. What do you guys think about this? Uh, he was saying they know, have like I... restaurants, they have a spa, they have a nursery, they have places to sleep. I don't know. To me, that was right. crazy. And he didn't really get into the details on that on our interview. But to me, off screen, that was important enough to bring up. And I'm glad you guys had me on so I could share that. Well, it's, look, it's I baffling, mean, but it's believable considering their behavior above ground. Because hmm. I always say to myself, where are these people going to go? Like, they're, we're, they're drawing themselves into a corner, quite literally, at this point. Especially, like, I mean, when you look at what's going on with Twitter, where it's like, you know, if Twitter's kind of going crazy and people are saying what they want, and then all of a sudden Elon Musk goes to uh, Auschwitz. And then there's censorship again on Twitter. Like as, as, as if it's owned by, you know, Jack Dorsey again. Um, so I say the walls are closing in. Where are these people going to go underground? Yeah. It makes fucking complete sense. They've got uh -huh. their Disneyland there already. Mm, essentially. Yeah. I wonder how these communities, um, because it's my contention that beneath the Earth's surface um, are expansive communities of biblical giants, um, supernatural entities, Grays, reptilians, things of those nature. How do these, how do these communities mesh? Is my concern, and is there really enough room for them all? We saw what happened in Brooklyn, where these buildings are beginning to collapse mm. because, look, if you remove too much substance from the the foundation of a building, there's nothing to hold it up. And are we, if we allow this to persist, going to see large scale? collapse are we going to see it in florida are we going to see it in upstate new york mm. on the west coast um that could be a real at the minimum i'm just worried about the structural uh ramifications of a because of a, there's many of them yeah well now that you bring that up um that kind of triggered my memory and i know you guys this is a conspiracy show i now i'm thinking there's so much uh questions about how on 9-11 the Twin Towers fell from a plane hitting it many, many stories above. 
could they have collapsed that easily because there were tunnel Jew tunnels underneath? Building seven wasn't even hit by anything, and that collapsed. Well, you know what's getting me? I'm getting scared because it's like, does that even have to be on purpose? Couldn't they just have been doing their thing? Mm. And then just the just the impact of the plane itself was enough to, you know, to collapse the foundations of a building that were it was already on its last leg. Mm. It's like, are we one, you know, loud noise away from losing the panhandle? Are we mm. one loud noise away from losing L.A.? Yeah, this is you know concerning now, actually. What's, what's they're not now, the tunnels aren't as good as I once thought they were. Now I'm a little concerned. We have to make the tunnels great again. Is mm-hmm. I think that's what you're saying. Uh, too much of our infrastructure bills and and our our money is going to. I mean, it, it needs to go to Israel. That's for sure. Like yeah. those guys are doing literally God's work out there. Um, uh-huh. But but you know we're we're funding all these all these immigrants. And and these these migrants, these these Mexicans coming over, we're giving them our hotels and places to stay. The money should be going towards the infrastructure of the Jewish tunnels that are are literally the backbone of our society. Yeah, that's where it starts. Uh huh. Well, with the with the uh, immigrant um, topic, I don't want to call it an issue because I like it. Um, all the Mexican immigrants coming in, I think we could actually make this a synergy where all these Jew tunnels are a reality. I think this great. He lost a raven. Yeah, you said you like the Mexican, you like the Mexican stuff, and he just he just left. Well, That's okay, he's yeah. very sensitive about it. Okay, well, what I wanted to say was, um, with all these new immigrants coming in, we could actually have, as we know, the Mexican people are really great workers with like physical labor and stuff. We could have them dig more tunnels for the Jews and kind of make this country a synergy again, a melting pot. Right. I was actually thinking that we're right now we're offering or it's on the table, this discussion of whether or not we give all these migrants, these illegal migrants, uh, if we give them citizenship via conscription, right? Joining the military may be a viable path to legal citizenship. Maybe not. Maybe we pump the brakes on that. Maybe we give them some four by fours and we say, hey, get beneath the surface, reinforce these Jew tunnels. Mm. Yeah, we can't. It makes a lot of it makes a lot more sense because, I, like, you know, we've had a concerted effort to make the military gay. And if we start importing, um, you know, uh, working working age, military aged men who are probably straight it just undoes years of work. So we can put those guys underground. I was like, is that a shark? <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> we could put those guys underground to, um, you know, to really like, like rebuild America mm. from, the, from the underground up. Mm-hmm. You know, but I was going to say what, what got me really thinking is uh, we're big on the Nephilim, obviously, and, and the Nephilim mm-hmm. probably live underground. And so what happens here, what happens if... Uh, the Jews all collectively decide to go back underground because we start accusing them of things that they may or may not be doing. Do mm. they then force the Nephilim out? And is, is that how we pop off these end times? Is, is that Or is it a symbiotic relationship? Are they plotting together? I'm sorry. Sometimes I, I see things through rose-colored glasses and I start going, yes, we need to fund Israel, right? Yes, we need to allow the Hasidic Jews to kill chickens in mass, um, 
in the streets of New York City because this is a fundamental part of their uh, religion. And, you know, it's like maybe I need to pull back and I need to say we've hit the point of diminishing returns when it comes to tolerance. And maybe I need to be more skeptical when I look at this community. Are they aligning with these subterranean entities? Because you can only be at war for so long before you have peace talks. And these tunnels, they're expansive. They've been there for a long time. It's my understanding they've probably been there doing their thing and digging these tunnels for a lot longer than we know. I'd imagine they've had it out with these entities, very much in a Phil Schneider kind of fashion, right? Um, Maybe they have already reached peace talks, and maybe there's an allyship growing beneath the surface that we're unaware of. Maybe maybe the Jews are the foot soldiers Hmm. of the Nephilim. Of the reptilians. Right. Well, the film are, are giants, right? As far as I know them to be. So they in, in many cases, yes. They definitely need the raccoon hats because their heads are going to be really hitting the, t- the top of the tunnels. That's neither here nor there. I just want to look out for them. If there are any in the film are listening, uh, please take care of yourselves down there. But it could be a symbiotic relationship, as you were saying. Um, and if it is, I think we need to take that lesson and bring it above ground, too. Like I was saying, we could bring in the immigrants to work in the tunnels. We could bring them to fill them up into the light of day and welcome them into society officially. I know they've been really working covertly and they feel the need to because we don't really fully understand them or accept them. But maybe it's really time for a deeper understanding and appreciation uh, for the misunderstood I have a question then, because and I think this question applies to to both your show and our show. Obviously, there's a there's a branding issue. If we were to welcome these entities from beneath the surface and say, mm. spend some time in the sun, hang out, go to a Starbucks yeah. with us, mm. maybe go to a Target, do a little bit of shopping, right? They might go, okay, but Nephilim Death Squad is a little aggressive, and mm. and I don't think that that lets you off the hook either, Tony. I would say some would say it's anti-Semitic. Right. And, and and the way that they look at 9-11 and the way that you look at 9-11, Tony, where you're looking at it through the lens of this is gay. This is this this event. This is a gay event. And they're yeah, going. Shame. That's what it, mean. it means. It's a shame. It happens like this is really lame. Well, I don't th- I think they're going. This was actually a masterpiece. It makes us want generations dance. in the making. Yeah. We danced. As soon as it happened, this is something mm. that, you know, this is an all hands on deck situation that took a gratuitous amount of effort. And you, Tony, are reductive by calling it gay. It's just gay. And and I just so what I'm getting at is, would you be open possibly, um, you know, in the in the name of tolerance, you know, change, change the name up a little bit. Maybe 9-11 is rad. Yeah, um, I think now that we have a better understanding of probably how it might have happened, like with the tunnels possibly being the cause of the collapse. Now I am kind of questioning whether 9-11 was like a lame, gay, stupid event, a shame, if you will. Um, And maybe it really was just kind of a real misunderstanding and accidents of someone trying to do something good that resulted in something unfortunate. And that wasn't the intent. So we can't condemn someone who had a good intent of having these tunnels and uh, trying to take care of their people underground. Um, so maybe, yeah, maybe 9-11 was kind of rad. 
How much time yeah, do we have left? Because I, I do want to get into the GCT part. I don't want to rush you guys. I don't want to... Uh... Yeah, no, we get, let, let's get into that now. Uh, one of our conspiracy extremists says uh, gay means happy. So I think you kind of you've, mm. you've nailed it in, in that aspect as well. Which oh, is yeah, like bizarre. If you went to the Nephilim and the Jews and you said like, no, like old school gay. Like a, yeah. like a gay old time. They'd be like, sure. oh, all right, based. We yeah, probably have too. to change ours to like Nephilim friend squad, um, which is, you know, I'd be I'd consider it. I'd consider mm. it, you know. But so, yeah. so let's go to this. I think, G- I think on both G- sides, we need to show a little more tolerance. Me with my stupid name and you guys with your name. Yeah, I think we just need to be a little more, um, make it like a safer space yeah. for everyone. Oh, yeah. Like more a safe place, yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's something we're working on. Um, mm. You know, every, every day it's a struggle, but we're, we're working on it. So, yeah, listen, man, tell us about this GCT thing because I don't know what that is. Yeah, so to me, this was the most interesting part of my interview with David Saltzman. Everyone really kind of harped on the mattress thing where they thought they were bringing back like a a demon of some sort. I didn't see it that way, but a lot of people focused on the mattress, and the mattress clip is really what spread around borderline viral on the internet. But to me, the coolest part, I think, was when David from the Jew Tunnels explained GCT, and I didn't even know what that acronym meant at the time. I felt like an idiot. Did you guys ever hear of this term, GCT? No, I've been pretending, and now that I know that Top didn't know, now I'm like, like in the water time? treading. I thought it was yeah. I referring well, to a I, time I, That's zone. what I was thinking. Is it a time zone thing? But it actually stands for Goy Conversion Therapy, oh. as he explained on our interview. And then I said, what the heck is that? And um, he said one of the reasons for the tunnels, again, besides spying and... Uh, underground civilization and whatnot spying doesn't it's not the right word you're using it's just true it's more of like helping preventative yeah. maintenance spying yeah. has like it's bad connotation sometimes a cool connotation with like james bond and stuff that's how i see them but um the gct goy conversion therapy they go in the tunnels and what they do is kind of lightly speak verses from the torah through like tunnel grates and sewer grates not loud not obnoxiously loud um but quite enough to where it kind of subconsciously seeks into passers-by up above on the street. It seeps into their subconscious. And I said, why Like, why not just make it loud and proud? Why make it so quiet? And, and David explains it's because it kind of actually relates to advertising in a way, which we know uh, the chosen people are very proficient at as well. Another thing they invented, which is pretty awesome, so the way advertising and subliminal messages and stuff work is uh, like during a movie, they'll flash a Coke ad very like a split second. You don't see it with your uh, naked eye, but your subconscious picks it up and then you want a Coke. So with the GCT, you subconsciously subliminally hear Torah verses underground. And that makes you more likely to convert to Judaism or really accept the Jews as the chosen people. Oh, that's interesting. The psychology of that is like we're mm. we're much more likely to gravitate towards something that is familiar. And so, yeah, I can see that, right? There's a there's you've heard this before. You can't quite put your finger on it. And mm-hmm. I think the the backdrop to New York City being uh uh whispers of the Jews, I I I actually don't disbelieve that at all. This is a very fascinating. Yeah, that as he mentioned uh advertising, it's like, yeah. This is, what is <laughs> this is a, I think it's from the ad. Of, it was a Super Bowl you, ad. Though. Wait, do one of you guys need to mute your line? 
You hear no, that? No, that's from the that's from the Super Bowl ad. No, that's uh, somebody in the next room. Just ignore it. They they'll be quiet when they're done. Um, wait, they, what is yeah, that? Hold on, is, wait, listen to this. Wait, this might be GCT right now. It's weird because it's it does have this familiarity to it, and is it getting louder? Does anybody hear? Yeah, I think it's getting louder. Huh? I think it stopped. That was weird. Yeah, yeah. they stopped. I, they went away. It's you fine. know what? Interesting. My microphone is uh is actually I think it's kind of a cheap microphone. Um, I got it from Walmart. It might be on the fritz. Sometimes it just gets a little bit, mm. um, a little screwy, a little weird. Uh, but yeah. but we do have weird. this this fascinating series of of images from this ad that was ran at the Super Bowl, uh-huh. uh, which was very much just um overt. <laughs> I don't really know what to say. Overt what at this point, I, I really don't know. But certainly fascinating images. Now, this was a an ad about uh, Jesus, well, was, was it say, not, Top? Knowing knowing what we know now, it's like like how you would advertise to somebody, what are they trying to sell here is what I, now what I have to ask myself. And you have a, a – so this guy's a pastor, right, over here, and he is uh, washing the feet of a trans uh, black man or a black right, woman. but that's at the forefront. And what Tony's talking about is things that are in the background, subliminal things. I think this one is an ad for rollerblades. Actually, if I'm not mistaken, this is a a rollerblading advertisement. Not that they lead with that, but that's what permeates your your subconscious mind. Wait, guys, just give me a second. I got an email from a Netanyahu. Hold on a second. Oh, he's actually he's asking. Yeah. He's asking me how structurally sound and sturdy the New World Trade Center is. Just give me a second. Hold on. Yeah, yeah I think they yeah. actually they dug that one fairly deep because uh, right. they, they've learned from the mistakes of, of before. I actually used to work in the uh, in the subway, so I'm, I'm familiar with the underground. Yeah. The foundation is made of pewter. I would re- tell him to go around it um mm. because you're not gonna i i think it's gonna it's too much effort to get through that it's a very hard substance all right sorry all right i'm good now super no bowl. it's fine yeah. it's fine no you can put that back i kind of it's oh, great that up? we helped uh i felt like we kind of helped like a like somebody famous there mm. yeah pretty that cool. is pretty cool it's like like that a, is pretty cool one degree of separation from from bb netanyahu which is like pretty neat for me I mean, it's I like we didn't really have like a direct, you know, interaction with him. And it was a small thing. But I'm telling everybody you know, I spoke to him, though. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. And maybe yeah. who yeah. knows? Maybe he goes like, Those guys are pretty cool. Would you really? Yeah. So this ad was kind of cool. And I think they actually missed a section um, as they showed a a, a, a a naughty priest washing. a. I mean, are we to assume this guy's a homosexual variety? Possibly. I mean, that's. I, I don't know how gays look. Is that guy on the bottom right gay? I don't know. He looks masculine to me. He's we have a cop washing the feet of well-muscled. a colored gentleman. Yeah, uh, I think so. The theme here is kind of an oppressor washing the feet of the oppressed. I think mm. one thing we missed actually is a lot of when our my mattress interview spread around. A lot of people called me a dirty K word and things of that variety. Uh, I actually need my feet washed by all of those viewers that wronged me. That's right. So name yourself. Um, you can, you can, yeah, if you guys are watching, uh, super chat, I'll uh, accept the donation as well. Definitely conspiracy extremists. Uh, I did see him going hard in the comment section, accusing you of 
being a liar, which is very much anti-Semitic. And mm. uh, so, oh, and here we go. Now they're doing a tower. It appears that we're going to get a tower. Um, oh, that's not. They that's just. Not fair. That's not. No. I, that's I only not see the it. YouTube comments. Yeah, yeah, that's where they're doing it. They just. Oh, we can't help. I see. Yeah. Oh, oh, somebody fucked rude. up the tower. It's go fine. ahead, soul fresh, soul clean. There you go. Toss it in there. Yeah, Unbelievable. Well, a lot of these guys, soul fresh, soul clean, Carl, Adriano, they need to wash the feet of probably David Saltzman mm. uh, and kind of make up for this. Repar- He's right. Yeah. You're right, man. They, guys, listen, I, you know, we, we get serious here on the show sometimes. I mean, the show is like... We're trying to get you information, trying to make you laugh a little bit. But like now it's time for serious, like, you know, wash this guy's feet, walk a mile in his uh, in his fucking, you know, feet. New Balance. You, you have no idea what it takes to build New York City, especially the underground. It's crazy. Let's can so. we paint a picture? Tony, what what is your uh, your your standard footwear? And also, do you do a lot of walking? Are these dogs getting getting miles put on them? What are people in for? Well, you know what I found out recently was um, Doc Martin's boots mm. are actually run by a Nazi. Interesting. Wow. Yes, it's very much the more you know. You know what I also know about them? They don't they don't breathe very well. Not a breathable footwear. Well, that's probably why also cops use them a lot, because George Floyd couldn't breathe very well either. So as soon as I found out Doc Martens were Nazi run, I stopped wearing them, of course, because I knew we had David Saltzman coming on. Uh, we talked about the Doc Martens on one of our earlier episodes. When I knew David was coming on, I said, I can't wear these Doc Martens. He's going to feel like he's going to stop breathing. Mm. So we, if, any, if all the listeners are watching have Doc Martens, I know they're kind of more of a chick boot uh, for the women. Uh, I think we should all probably burn them. Get rid of them yeah. in some way. I'd say They're bury them, but they might go into the tunnels and then make the Jews feel really uh, they should be comfortable. By, by the end of this show, there should be a pile full of shoes, just all kinds mm. of random shoes, Doc Martin mm-hmm. shoes, all in a pile. But I, I will say that I'm glad that that the Nazis went from uh, you know making like making structures that kind of just let air out all willy nilly wooden doors right. and such to getting something that that really traps the air in almost too much so where now we're offending black people i don't think that was really ever the the intention of this shoe it was mm. just to you know do better on things that they've done wrong in the past but if you have them fucking throw them out in a pile i find Burn it them. a little bit difficult my wife um is i said you know doc martens are a nazi shoe that's that's where these things came from now she has a, a lot of Doc Martens, and they're not cheap. They're very expensive. I don't know if you ever went to go pay for a. It's a. It's a mystery. It's got to be the branding as to why they're so popular. Because otherwise, um, a very uncomfortable shoe I'm and a very expensive shoe. I'm embarrassed by our fan base right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, yeah. like you know, people just like show show a little bit of respect. Sarah says she loves Doc shit. Martens. What about you still love them knowing that they're Nazi? Because Dr. Martins himself was a doctor in the World War II uh, Nazi army. So do you still love them, Sarah, or no? It's apparently nap time with uh, Chris Kelly wears Doc Martins in his Volkswagen. I don't want you to feel uncomfortable, Tony. I see your body language now that like just if you have to, you can ignore the chat. We don't have to talk Mm. with them. They're not 
they're not good people. Uh, guys, no. you're putting me in a situation. It's just more relaxed. That's better. I, f- I feel a little that bit better, better, but yeah. I understand. Open. I understand your tension. It's a facade. Yeah, it's the, you know, guys, like, fucking show some respect. He showed up here. He's talking to us. Be open. I mean, wow. I don't know what happened. We, uh, somewhere along the way, we cultivated. It was never our intention to make our guests uncomfortable. Um, but somehow, and I'm trying to retrace our steps to see where we went wrong, we've cultivated this kind of disgusting fan base, this this gaggle of devious goons, these these anti-Semitic, uh, goose-stepping monsters, and I don't know where we went wrong. It was never I never meant to uh, to go the direction that we've gone, and now it's just trickled into the show. It's making our guests uncomfortable. It's it's probably flagging us on YouTube. I would imagine. Honestly, that's what I'm thinking. All the work that we put towards this YouTube channel, like our audience and it's it's kind of their fault they're going to be the ones that will cause our downfall so follow us on rumble rumble's okay with you nazis being over there go over and there, if go you want to say us. nazi stuff to us um you know i say don't but if you want to there is a super chat function and uh and you can do that on rumble and jose gallison says did we accidentally create an audience of awful people um Sounds yeah like it I think we have. Uh, you know, I, I got to admit, I am a little jealous, Tony. I used to live in New Jersey. Top used to live in New York. And to see you eat a bagel that I know it's is significantly be- it's, yeah. it's It's a delicious bagel. And we don't have those down here. I don't know if it's the water or the lack of Jews, but we don't have. We got a lot of Jews down here. It's the water. The water right. tastes like Florida? Yes. Yeah, there you go. Florida. <laughs> yeah, but that's New York 2.0. Israel 3.0. Bro, <laughs> <laughs> oh, they haven't figured out bagels yet. The banger. Tony with the banger. Um, it is, but it's like the water that surrounds us is like a swamp water. And honestly, mm. I don't understand why there's so many Jews here because you can't even have uh, basements, can't dig tunnels here. Ground's too soft. So well, these Dan Salzman said there are tunnels in... in um, I forgot the city in Florida, but he said there were tunnels in Florida. Tampa? No, it wasn't Tampa. I forget. Mm. I think my theory on why the, um, because it's always a mystery, why are the bagels so good in New York? And I think it's because the Jews are underground and they are spitting directly into the groundwater that runs beneath New York City. They have access to the pipes and they're spitting in the pipes. And something about that collective Jew saliva is what makes it... uh, just ba- it's really a texture thing that the bagels have, and I think it's, that it contributes to it. It's a it's saliva, like a, like a holy water. Like when you when you take mm. a water and you put something extra on it, then it's you know then you mm-hmm. can do the sign of the cross, and it has more effect. Same thing. If you get more a bunch panache. of juice collectively spitting in your drinking water, it becomes mm-hmm. uh, kosher almost, and then that affects right. the byproducts that you make with it. Yet another way that the Jewish community is 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 lo- they are a uh, a, th- a thankless people. Or rather, they've not been – they've been received poorly for all the things that they're actually doing behind the scenes. They have – look, Titty Puzzy in the Rumble chat. Another super another super chat. Uh, GCT worked for me. Hmm. Uh, all caps. So we do have some success stories. Yeah, congratulations, man. That's fucking That's awesome. That's great. Um, do, we have, do you guys have a promo code for that? Because I thought when you said GCT, it seemed like a thing that uh, was done almost without the knowledge of – of the 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 patient recipient 
mm-hmm. the recipient. Hey. Yeah. But this person is saying that, no, he was clearly a patient in this process. So he signed up. It's probably a private practice. You pay out of pocket. Mm. Um, any other it's details on that program. kind of stuff? Not that I'm aware of, but you're right. A private practice for that actually would make a lot of sense. It's kind of like a therapy in a way um, that you would pay for. To It's kind of like a re-education that a lot of us do need where we're getting false media, fake news everywhere. A lot of people think or don't even realize that Jews are the chosen people. And we kind of need to pay for this re-education therapy to make sure everyone does realize that. And I think it kind of works for me. Earlier in the interview, actually, it's something I did want to mention. You said how you were surprised me and Giselle interviewing David were so calm. Mm. And I think a lot of that um, can be accounted for because Giselle is actually from the city. She's probably been subject to GCT uh, for many years. I am a little further out from the city, but I do go there sometimes and I, and I've actually, uh, David has invited me and Giselle to the tunnel, uh, coming up. We haven't been there yet, but I'm looking forward to actually visiting the tunnels myself. Oh, you know, we actually, uh, so so I'm sorry to cut you off there, but I might Mm. be able to help you. So we're going to be making a network. We're in talks with making a network with, uh, this producer that did died suddenly, you know, that documentary and, uh, the most recent movie that they produced was the tunnels with Dom Lucre and uh, he follows Fabulous me on Twitter. Dom Lucre. Yeah. So we actually have his contact. If you, uh, if you want, I'm sure that he'll give you a call and tell you exactly where he went for, for his documentary. And he can tell mm. you like, you know, and, and then you can kind of compare and contrast notes and see like how much deeper Dom actually goes than this guy's willing to take you. Right. I think there's not enough time in the day for like one explorer to map out all the tunnels what you do need is you need several people so like a dom lucre or or you know tony and his team to go down there compare and contrast yeah. notes and the maybe lewis ideally, and clark and we need a Jew idea, to be the the saskatchewan who was the one was it pocahontas saskatchewan? Uh, i think it was saskatchewan i think you're right in saskatchewan it's very exciting because the spirit of adventure uh was thought to to be dead Previously, we thought everything was explored and nothing new was under the sun. And it goes, well, wait a second. Actually, there's an entire subterranean city stretching from here across the entire country all the way to L.A. LA, and then back again to Florida. And it's undocumented. And I would say probably um, that it would be a benefit to the Jewish community if if some goyim could slip down there and just kind of you know, map it out for them and, 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 Mm -hmm. uh, you know, shed a little light on the situation. I think that's tremendous. Yeah. And if Pocahontas or Saskatchewan aren't available, Elizabeth Warren, I'm sure could Mm. lead the way down there, but it should probably really be a Jew, not a native American, but. Or maybe not. Maybe the native Americans took a big L on the surface. It's time for them to get that big W underground. Yeah. I mean, they are the longest running, um, occupants of this country they might have their own tunnels they might be aware of the tunnels again another synergy we can make within the film with the mexican immigrants with the jews now with the native americans i mean we're really this is a new happy family i think this is a new sitcom these people that it's like the people that were you know historically oppressed jews native True. americans black people they're making a fucking comeback 
in mm-hmm. 2024. I'm all white for people, it. you guys are on the way out. I see you got all the white people in the chat. You know, you had your top. Time. What are you, are you white top? What are you guys? <laughs> Maybe we don't know. <laughs> I, I got so I got enough white in me that I'm willing to take a back seat. Um, I, I'm willing to to swap places. Whereas they've been uh, relegated to living underground for all these years. I, I'm willing to take my family and myself and swap with a half Nephilim, half Jewish family. They can have my lot on the surface and, and I'll take their living quarters underground. And I think if more American citizens did that, then maybe this this grand melting pot of an idea that America was supposed to be, maybe it could work if white mm. people would just shut the fuck up and go live underground. Yeah, that's, yeah, you guys been, have a good enough tan to afford going underground for a while. If I went under there, I'd look like freaking uh, Jim Gaffigan. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so you guys could afford to spend several months in the tunnels. Me, I need to go down there and get out quick. Give my respects, and then I'll I'll get out. I wonder if they have like their own like uh, sun down there, like their own fucking oh. Like a little solar system or something down yeah. there. Possibly. Yeah, like in the center. There's like a like a like we have a, a bright white sun, like a black sun maybe, like under the surface, maybe in the center. Like a dark um, cube. Like a dark cube yeah, or something. Yeah. Maybe like a of dark cube, a black cube. Right. Mm-hmm. Something yeah. like yeah, that. I'm not I sure. think that he could didn't be really cool. cover that. Well, I'd be interested in knowing if there are any, much like a foreign exchange student program or that show uh Wife Swap, if there is any programs where you know, trade an underground family for an above ground family. Um, I, I would like to volunteer myself and my child and, and my wife <clears throat> and uh, be the first to go and and swap with uh, with the Nephilim Jews and, and allow actually, them to sit in the sun sense. for a bit. Like like now this seat, like sometimes you learn a lot during an interview and it kind of changes your worldview. But uh, and sometimes like you don't the, like right now. Yeah, like right now or other times. But like the, the benevolent, the benevolent nature of the Jew um uh, you know we're, we're we're fussing and worrying about this missing child thing like thousands hundreds of thousands of them go missing most likely underground um but it's just more of a, it seems like more of a thing where they're just kind of like hey you know you guys have a fatherless rate of like 80 percent you guys are fucking getting divorced you're fighting in wendy's parking lots you don't Is need that all bad though it's, no, it's not all bad. Well, I mean, some of it's bad up here is what I mean. And Culture. it seems like the Jews below are saying, like, we'll take this off your hands. Like, they have a functioning society down there, you know, and we're mm-hmm. just up here fucking shit up. I mean, look, if they take these kids, right, it's either stay on the surface and potentially have your penis inverted, uh, which I imagine probably has some long-term ramifications, or come down underground, baby. Hang out mm-hmm. with the J-Dogs and, and see a giant or two, maybe. Uh, be deprived of vitamin D for a long period of time, but also, you know, gain probably the ability to see in the dark to a certain degree, I would imagine. Because if you're, if you kind of, if it's dark all the time, your eyes will acclimate in maybe a permanent way. Maybe not you, but the generations that you produce will probably have night vision. Hey, Tony, yeah. do you know if, mm. uh, like, in, in order to go through GCT, did he mention, um, do you have to be circumcised or not? Because at mm. this late in the game, I'm not trying to do surgeries unless it's necessary. Quite painful, but I want to look into this. Yeah, well, GCT, I think, specifically is kind of an audio experience that then becomes a cerebral experience. Um, so I don't think 
any physical things like a circumcision need to be uh, required prior to, but I do suspect once you do get enough GCT, you will change your mind top and want to cut the top off of top. That's very risky because at, at 30 something years old, a lot of veins have developed, uh, and, there's no way. I, I don't know. I just hear that it can go awry. I'm just cautioning yeah. you because, you know, blood loss can be substantial. An I grown an attachment, but like I, I'm aware of the statistics. Well, that's that, the point like, is you cut the attachment off. Yeah, but. Right. Well, mm -hmm. the, but there's a thing too, like, like when you're an infant, if this, if you get this done to you as an infant, there's a, what's the correct word? There's an experience, a life experience Romance? that you get. Oh, <laughs> there's a life experience that you get from the beginning and it stays ingrained with you. And, and, it, and it, it skews or it, it affects how you look at the rest of life. So I've missed out on that. It's been 35 years of not viewing life through that correct lens. You know? Are you talking about the moil? Because even that can be, maybe you won't see it the same way as maybe an infant would, but you can still have a powerful experience. And I think if we got you in contact with the right moil, um, Maybe we could at least make something close to that experience happen. Do you think that I can get this uh, with the blowjob, or is that just for younger kids? That's what I mean. That's what. That's who does the. It's the moil. And if we can find you the right moil, the right Jewish gentleman to suck upon your now circumcised penis, with the right mouth bacteria that's going to prevent infection, uh, it could be a really meaningful experience for you. Are you and guys like, are you saying that? Cause I thought like, like you know, for a long time, I thought that like, uh, I wasn't going to be able to do this, but it seems like, uh, it's, <clears throat> it's a possibility now. Um, I think so. I, I think all wow. things are, all things are possible. And wow. if I just want to say to the listeners, if you know, a man, a, a man of Jewish faith, a man with the correct mouth biome who is willing to take another grown man by the hand and guide him from goyim to to judaism uh have him reach out have him have him have him super chat us seven dollars and he could suck on top lobster yeah, and top lobster can become squad at uh at gmail.com reach out to us guys we're, we're looking for matches we're looking for uh you know but a mouth do swab stuff. i think the guys this is a great place to like bring this episode um to it to a close because i mean where do we go from here you, you changed my life you showed me this hope you know and i don't know how to thank you for that so i mean just tell these people where, where can they find you so they could find us um there goes the neighborhood is the name of our cartoon and all of our channels, uh, or the acronym TGTN TV. Um, but yeah, like you said, I think we need to really bring this to a close and again, kind of see what we've done as a society by driving one of our own species, the Jewish people underground and they're not the enemies here. If they made the towers collapse, that was an accident that kind of led to a lot of good things. Because after 
We had the Patriot Act. We had the TSA. Some of the best and brightest of this country protect us from future terrorism. So how many lives were saved really in the future of the world compared to how many were accidentally lost on 9-11? So again, let's reach a hand down into the tunnels. Welcome a Jew tunnel participant back up into the light. And let's make this all a synergy with Mexicans, Nephilim, the Jews, the Blacks, the Whites, all of these people in society, and really just become one happy family. And thank you guys for having me on. This is a message we can all live by, and let's take this into the night and really uh, change our lives from this. Thank you. Oh yeah, man. That was thank yeah. Thank you again. That was excellent. Um, mm-hmm. I hope to have you back on soon. I mean, I know you're going to be doing big and b- bigger and better things soon, but, uh, listen, people catch us on uh, Friday. We're going to be doing a not so serious interview with, uh, what's his name? Gary Wayne. He wrote uh, Genesis six conspiracy. Where we're going to talk about the Nephilim and some biblical stuff. So show up and we'll catch you later, guys. Peace out. The greatest hypnotist on planet Earth is a oblong box in the corner of the room. It is constantly telling us what to believe is real. You can persuade them that what they see with their eyes is what there is to see. Because they'll laugh in the face of an explanation that portrays the bigger picture of what's happening. And they have.